0: Parts, and I have the privilege of serving as the um, pastor here, um, and it is my great joy and privilege to stand before you today to proclaim uh, the word of the Lord. Um, I, you know, I. I don't take it for granted any opportunity that I have to to preach God's word. You know, y'all might be saying you preach every week. Um I do, but it's always a privilege and an honor to stand and proclaim God's words. Like, I hope that when you hear me preach, you don't hear me, but that you hear the words of God. Uh that that's my prayer every single week. Um that and I say it every single week that I would disappear. Uh, and that God would speak through me and that he would um, be present before you as we dive through his word. Uh, so it's a privilege for me. Like I know where the Lord has brought me from um, and where the Lord has um, what he has kept me from as well. Um, so listen, I rejoice. Um, I'm just a um, nappy-headed little boy from Camden, New Jersey. And um, God has done a great and mighty work in my life. So I don't take it for granted that I get to be up here, uh, each week. Uh, and nor should you take it for granted that you get to live for Jesus each and every day of your life, every single week of your life, as you walk around the green earth that he has provided for you, breathing the air that he gave you, uh, and all that good stuff. Amen. Was that enough for you this morning? (laughs) So we've been in this new series called unto us. Um, it's the season of Advent. So, um, uh, oh, my fantasy football team <laughs> is doing some stuff, so um, I'm distracted now. <laughs> um, this is the season of Advent. So, in the season of Advent, what we um, Advent means the arrival of a notable person, place, or thing. Person, thing, or an event. Um, so, during the season of Advent, we look back to the arrival of Jesus onto the scene, right? Uh this is what this season is about celebrating his miraculous birth. Um this is the season that we set aside for that. Um and Jesus's birth is a powerful display of God's faithfulness to bring peace, hope, healing, and life to a lost, dying, and dark world. See, Christmas is about lights and all that stuff and in this season it gets really dark out. Uh, during this time of year. And um, so the celebration that we embark on is pointing us to not just Christmas lights, but to the light of the world. Amen. Um, Jesus who came to die for us and to become uh, a a beacon of hope and light for the whole world. Uh, So this series explores that, explores the Christmas story for us um, by examining the relationship between the book of Isaiah and the purpose and work of Christ in the New Testament. Um and because of Jesus we can experience what we can experience the joy that comes through his finished work. So we've been in this for a, a couple weeks now and the main theme for us is that advent it fills us with expectation. So in this season, we are going to, we're going to look with expectation towards what God is able to do in our life through faith. Um, and because of that, we can look to Jesus and we can look to His life and we can have fulfillment because we expect great things from God because He says that I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Amen. Everybody tracking with me? Awesome. So, turn to Isaiah chapter 11, if you will. I'll be reading from verse 1 through verse 9. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 through 9. Y'all pray for me. Y'all kept me out late last night at that Christmas party, playing all them games and stuff like that. I need to go to bed. (laughs) Y'all just be playing. Um, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. It says, then a shoot will grow from the stump of Jesse. And a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. A spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and strength, a spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. He, his delight will be in the fear of the Lord. Somebody say fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes. He will not execute justice by what he hears with his ears. But he will judge the poor righteously and execute justice for the oppressed of the land. He will strike the land with a scepter from his mouth and he will kill the wicked with a command from his lips. Righteousness will be a belt around his hips. Faithfulness will be a belt around his waist. The wolf will dwell with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf, the young lion, and the fatted calf will be together. And a child will lead them. The cow and the bear will graze. Their young ones will lie down together. The lion will eat straw like cattle. An infant will play beside the cobra's pit. And a toddler will put his hand into a snake's den they will not harm or destroy each other on every on my entire holy mountain for the land will be as full of the knowledge of the lord as the water is as the, as the sea is filled with water father thank you for your word god lord your word is sharper than any two edged sword father severing the marrow from the bone and god i pray that this word would get deep down into the marrow of our souls god and when we hear this word we might respond by saying lord help us to obey and father it's in that same spirit that i pray that you would stand in my body and think through my mind and speak through my mouth and let the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight my lord my strength and my redeemer in whom i place all of my trust in jesus mighty name and the whole church said amen, amen. <clears throat> One man challenged another to an all-day wood chopping contest. The challenger worked very hard, stopping only for a brief lunch break. The other man had a leisurely lunch and took several breaks during the day. At the end of the day, the challenger was surprised and annoyed to find that the other fellow had chopped substantially more wood than he did. He responded, he says, I don't get it. Every time I checked, you were taking a rest. How did you chop more wood than me? To which the man responded, he says, What you did not notice was that. As I was taking a rest, I was also sharpening my axe. And I'm here to let you know today that while the enemy might be busy chopping away at you, God isn't off slacking somewhere. He's sharpening his axe. See, I wanted you to to, to announce this title today that rest is in him. See, rest is in Jesus today, and we're going to find that out through this passage. And I want us to see here uh, in verse number one that this this passage is cloaked in this in this context. In contrast to the proud trees that God cuts down in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 33 through 34, in contrast to that, we see here a tender shoot from a seemingly dead stump. It says here that a shoot will grow from the stump of Jesse. This stump is seemingly dead and it it, it might look like uh, your situations in your life are dead, but I'm here to let you know that restoration is nearby if you are in Christ Jesus. See, Isaiah looks beyond his people's trials to the glorious kingdom that will be established by the Messiah when he comes to reign. So, from this shoot or, or this little twig, what this word it, it means, will grow something great. Y'all with me today? Yeah. From this shoot or this little twig will grow something great. I was watching Steve Harvey the other day because I'll be watching that stuff. And he was advising someone about their career and... They were wanting to drop out of college and all the stuff like that. And he told them because they, they felt like if I just get on Instagram, I could make more money by doing Instagram stuff than if I actually finish up my education in doing the thing that I want to do. And he said to them, it takes a long time to make a lot of money. It, 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 it's not it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, and Steve Harvey, that, what, that idea wasn't original to him. He got that from the Bible that those who are faithful over little, he will make them ruler over much. That's why we've got to, my first point is that we've got to branch out if we're going to find rest in him. It says here that a shoot will grow. See, when you when you take the steps that you need to take to grow, we ultimately will go forth towards the restoration of all things. See, God is concerned about your growth. God's not just concerned that you have all the things that you want to have in your life. That's not what this life is about. It's about you growing up in Jesus. See, God is concerned about your uh, theological word for you, your sanctification, He's concerned about you growing in the maturity and the wisdom and knowledge of God. That's what he's concerned about. He's not just concerned that you drive a nice car. He's not concerned that you live in a nice house. That stuff's not bad. But Jesus is not concerned about that. He's concerned that you grow. And and listen, that's why we encourage everyone to participate in in GrowTrack here at at our church because... Growth has four components. The first part of growth is that you would know God. We want everybody to grow in their knowledge of God through loving the word. The next part of growth is that you find freedom, right? You find freedom from the things that you've been bound up with, those things that you brought from your old life into your new life. I know that you think when you got saved that everything went away, but you brought some stuff from your old life into this new life. And you've got to find freedom from that. And the way that we do that here is by living woven with one another, by being in community, community with other brothers and sisters. The fourth part of, of growth is, fourth component of growth is that you've got to discover what your purpose is. You've got to discover what it is that God has designed you to be and do. You've got to discover that. And the way that we discover that, what that looks like for us is to lead a lifestyle of worship. That's your purpose. <laughs> Whatever it looks like underneath, the, 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 the source of your purpose is that you are to live your life, live a lifestyle of worship that will, that will lead to the worship of our great God and King. And then the fourth component of growth is this, is that you've got to make a difference somehow. And the way that we do that, the way that we believe that that happens at this church is by leveraging our work whatever it is that God has designed you for, whatever it is that God has created you for, you've got to leverage that in order to make a difference in the world. Y'all tracking with me? Okay. Now I'm going to get to the preaching part. See, it says here that a stump, that a, a, a shoot will grow from the stump of Jesse. That's what, we've got to know that little things in our life The little things in our life, God wants to use those things in our lives. The little business idea that you've got, it's going to grow. God wants to use it. The relationships, those little small relationships that you don't really take uh, too much concern about, those relationships that God wants to use, those relationships will grow. The occupational aspiration that you have, it will grow and God will use it. And so listen, so as, as, in the, as in the natural, as in the spiritual, it's going to be in the natural as well. As well. So the little bit of faith that you have, it will grow. The little bit of joy that you have, Jesus is saying, listen, from the stump of your little faith, it's going to grow, and you're going to have joy and faith and hope and peace and love that will be more abundant than anything that you could ever imagine. That little bit of patience that you've got, oh Lord, that little bit of patience that you've got, I'm sorry, that little bit of patience that we've got, because I've got a little bit of patience too, but that little bit of patience... Jesus is going to grow it. He's going to make you so patient that you're going to wonder, how did I ever get to be so patient? That stuff used to tick me off. That stuff used to make me angry, and now it doesn't even phase me. See, you've got to know that from a stump, God will grow something great. See, it says the stump of Jesse, Jesse here, he's, he's the, the, the father of King David or the grandson of Boaz. Y'all looking for Boaz, right? I know, I know, I know all that. But this Jesse, he's the grandson of Boaz, but he's the king. He's the, he's the father of King David. See, the stump of Jesse, here's what I want you to see. The stump of Jesse was actually his son, David. This little stump of a son of his, David, he wasn't big enough or handsome enough or or prestigious enough to even be considered to get in the lineup to be considered for the next king of Israel. See, this little stump of a son of his, he he didn't have enough that that his father, Jesse, would even consider, let me call him out here to even be in the lineup for those that are going to be selected because my other sons, they're tall and handsome and they've got stuff going on, but David, he's short and all that other stuff, He he don't got much going on. But what wasn't being recognized was that David had been through some stuff. And he had been through some, through some things that produced a fruit in his life, and it was a fruit that God desired. See, he fought a bear and a lion and all that, but at the heart of it, he had the grit to grow. Do you have the grit to grow today? Do you have what it takes to, to dig in deep in relationships and to hear hard stuff? Do you have the grit that it takes to, to be in your word and, and let the word speak some things to you that you aren't necessarily comfortable with? But there are things that are going to be good medicine, as Dave Jackson says all the time, is going to be good medicine for you. See, a stump is, 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 the base of a, is the base of a fallen tree, and, and, and when you see the base of a fallen tree, it's usually exposed and brittle. In other words, it's less than what it used to be. But a stump, I want you to see this, a stump has the ability to grow again. See, stump sprouting, as it's called, is a natural mechanism for plant regeneration. And that's what God is saying about Israel in this passage. He said, you may be at your lowest point, but you can be regenerated. See, and not because of anything that you've done, uh, but because of my great love for Israel. That's what God was going to do. You might be in a situation where you're seeing and you're looking and you're saying, I'm not what I used to be. I'm not as strong as I used to be. I don't have as much knowledge about the world like I used to have. I'm just a cut down old tree. But God wants to use you and he'll re-sprout you again and you'll grow into a tree that's mighty and great once again. See, Jesse's name here, it means to possess. You you move from saying, I don't have what it takes to, I possess everything that I need in order to grow in Christ. See, this branch here, he says that, that it, it, it will grow from the stump of Jesse and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. See, this branch, you, you, you'll, you'll find everything you need if you're just willing to branch out in order to grow. If you just sit inside of your little stable and think, uh, well, if I just read my Bible and pray, I'll be all right. That's cool. Read your Bible and pray. But God calls for us to be in relationship with other believers who can point out some of our mess and some of our stuff that we just don't see because we've got blind spots because at the end of the day, we're think we all are all all that. You can't see your propensity for anger because you think you're justified in your actions because you think you're always right. You can't see your propensity to bend the truth to get things to go your way because you think that you're justified and just and just and just hustling to get by because my life was hard and it was difficult for me. You can't see your propensity for pride because you think that if everyone else would just live up to my standard of living, then everything would be okay. And if they would just get on board with how I'm living, then then everything would be all right. You need brothers and sisters in your life that are going to point that stuff out to you, and you've got to be willing to branch out and grow can't just sit there in your little silo and think that everything's going to be okay. You can't sit in your little silo and think that I'm a good wholesome godly Christian because how do you know? If you're not being tested, if your faith isn't, doesn't have a mirror being held up to it, how do you know? See, this passage says that a branch from his roots, from Jesse's roots will, will, bear fruit. So, this word is referring to a descendant. It's, it's pointing us to the reality that there's going to be a descendant coming from the lineage of Jesse through his son, David, that will bear fruit. We know ultimately that that was Jesus. Amen. That Jesus would be the ultimate fruit bearer when he came to the world to die for you and me. And he went and He hung on a tree like a piece of fruit for you and me so that we would have access to the kingdom of God for eternity. But you need to know that you've got a lineage as well. See, Abraham... Galatians tells us Galatians chapter three tells us that Abraham is our father in the faith. See Galatians three seven says you know then that those who have faith these are Abraham's sons. Now the scripture saw in advance that God would justify the Gentiles how by faith and proclaim the gospel ahead of time to Abraham, saying that all the nations will be blessed through you. And consequently, those who have faith are blessed with Abraham who had faith. Church, I want to let you know today that regardless of what your natural lineage might look like, you might come from a broken home you might come from a beat down family you might come from a place where you don't even know who your father is you might come from a place where your relationship with your mother is scarred and tattered you might come from a place where family doesn't really mean that much you might come from a lineage where all of the people in your family were slaves all the people were laborers all the people were were considered dumb and stupid and all that kind of stuff but you've got a spiritual lineage that comes straight down from abraham through faith and through that lineage you have access to god the father who created every single thing and he wants to give you life and life more abundantly see he says that a branch from his roots will bear fruit this the roots represent the lowest part of a thing this word the word is also used in hebrew of 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 the heel so the, the 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 roots are the lowest part of a thing but it's the it's also the source of the nutrients and life that exists inside of the plant See the leaves that grow on a tree are green and lush not because the leaves are, are 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 the source of the nutrients the leaves on a tree are green and lush because the root is providing the nutrients that you need but the roots are still in the dirt like the roots don't get a lot of accolades when people are looking at trees, they don't go, "Wow, those are mighty fantastic roots on this tree." They go, "No, look at the the the, the leaves on the tree. The, the leaves are luscious. The branches are strong." People look at that kind of stuff, and you might feel, "Thank you, love." You might feel like you're lowered in dirt sometimes. Because you weren't born with the same advantages as others. You might feel like you're lower than dirt because your past, you've done some things that make you feel extremely low. And the devil will try to play on that. He'll try to convince you that you're not worthy because of your past. He will. He'll do that. He'll he'll try to jam you up and make you think that because of what you've done in your past that God can't use you and that God has no use for you. That's a lie from the devil. It says that from the roots, it will bear fruit. See, a branch is the lowest part. the, The root is the lowest part of the tree. But without the roots, there's no bearing fruit on a tree. You don't get no apples if the, root, if the roots are unhealthy. And so this speaks to us of Jesus. My second point is this I want you to see is that you got to trust the spirit of the Lord. If you are going to rest in him, then you must trust the spirit of the Lord. Verse 2 says that the spirit of the Lord will rest on him and a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and strength, a spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight will be in the fear of the Lord. See, the spirit is the wind and breath of God. In other words, it's the energy of life. It's the thing that that that, that gives us vigor and, and, and enlivens us. The spirit of God is what does that. But this, the spirit of the Lord here, it it's going to rest on this one that is coming. It's going to rest on this future one that the rest of the passage is going to spend the rest of his time talking about. The spirit is going to rest on this one. And it will settle on him and it will be a spirit of wisdom and understanding and counsel and strength and and understanding and knowledge of the fear of the Lord. See, this 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 resting on on him is, is talking about this word here. It means to make quiet or to settle down. When the Spirit of God is active in your life, when the Spirit of God is moving in your life, you ought ought to be able to be calm even through the difficulty and storms of your life. See, when the Spirit and when you're moving in the Spirit and operating in the Spirit of God and you're trusting in the Spirit, then you can be calm and quiet even when persecutors are trying to persecute you. When the spirit of the Lord is resting upon you, you can be at rest and you can be settled even when difficulty is rising up in your life. The spirit of the Lord ought to keep you calm when everything is going crazy around you. Why? Because it brings wisdom. It brings understanding. It brings counsel, strength, and knowledge. See, it says that his delight will be in the fear of the Lord. This delight here, to to delight in something, this word, it's similar to the word for spirit in the Hebrew. But this word suggests smell. That sounds funny. But this word suggests smell to smell something, to perceive the odor of something. Y'all you track it with me? Smell is the strongest sense attached to memory. You ever smelled something that was not so great? Like, you remember that. Like, you remember when you smelled it. You remember what time it was. Remember whether it was light outside, raining, or snowing. Like, you remember when you smell something. The answer is linked to your brain's anatomy. So, when you smell something, it's processed in your olfactory bulb, right? And then that starts to inside your nose and it runs along the bottom of your brain and that bulb is directly connected to two areas of the brain that are strongly implicated in emotion and memory. Your amygdala and your in your hippocampus. Where are my nurses and doctors at in here? Y'all are supposed to be amen in me right now because I'm talking this anatomy stuff. But listen, <laughs> interestingly enough, visual, auditory, or tactile, so sight, sound, and touch, that information doesn't pass through your amygdala and your hippocampus. It just doesn't pass through there. And this may be why your sense of smell, more than any of your other senses, is so successful in triggering emotions and memories. Y'all remember when dudes used to be like, You smell me? Y'all don't remember that that maybe that was a Jersey thing. Dudes would be like, You smell me? Like, I'd be like, No, nah, I don't want to smell you, but alright. <laughs> like, nah, you smell me, dog? Like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Here's why, though. Smell rings bells. That's why you better get to know the fragrance of God in your life. See, you you should know what God is up to in your life by the way something smells. See, if you can't smell God, you'll never be able to delight in him. Y'all probably say, Pastor Derek, what are you talking about, smelling God? Here's what I'm talking about. (laughs) You get a sense of what something is like. You ever heard the expression, hmm, something smells fishy about this? You don't smell nothing, like, but the situation just seems a little off. When the situations arrive in your life, here's what this means. It ought to invoke a memory or an emotion in your life. See, when they start acting crazy on your job, it should take you back to when you didn't have a job and you were praying and asking God for a job and he provided for you and that should hold you and allow you to endure through the difficulty that you're facing in your life during that situation you should be able to smell the fragrance of God. In other words, to delight in the Lord is to have a memory that is invoked by smell. Remember, visual and auditory and tactile information, it doesn't pass through the same brain areas. Uh, So in other words, you can't always trust what you see, hear, or feel. That's why he says next that he will not judge by what he sees with his eyes. He will not execute justice by what he hears with his ears. If, 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 if the coming Messiah would not do that, then we should be careful because we shouldn't trust everything that we see and hear, particularly when it comes to people that we're in relationship with. You can't always trust what you feel because the sensory tactile nature of your senses doesn't pass through the right spots in your brain and it can get fuzzy at times. See, when, when that memory or emotion is invoked, here's what should happen. The fear of the Lord should follow. It so says that his delight or his sense of smell is in the fear of the Lord. This Hebrew word is—it is, is, means Hebrew word for fear. It means respect or reverence. Y'all remember when uh, Birdman, the rapper, or the music executive, because he's not a rapper, he's terrible. But y'all remember when he walked into the studio? <laughs> remember when he walked to the studio with Charlemagne, and Charlemagne. Um, was saying some disrespectful stuff or whatever to him pr- prior to and he came in there. He had attitude already. He walked in there and he had his glasses on. And he just sat down and Charlamagne was like, what's up, bro? Like, you all right? I'm explaining this for those of you that didn't see it. <laughs> so Birdman, he walks in there and he's just frustrated. And he's upset. And so Charlamagne's like, what's going on, man? You all right? So he starts saying, put some respect on my name. And so Charlamagne was like, "Ah." Oh, okay, what, what, what you talking about? Put some respect on my name. He's like, uh, what's going on? Now, I I hear you be talking, but you better put some respect on my name. And so everybody was confused about what Birdman was talking about because he just kept saying, put some respect on my name. But what happened after that was that nobody put no respect on his name. Because they made a whole song about the situation, like clowning him. So <laughs> he was asking for respect, and nobody respected him. Put some respect on it, like they was doing all that stuff. The Hamiltones. I wish I could sing like that. <laughs> he he was asking for some respect to be put on his name, but it didn't happen because he, the, he lacked the second part. Of the meaning of this word, which is an awesome and terrifying thing. See, God, we're called to reverence God and to respect him and to revere him because he's an awesome and terrifying thing. See, let me give you another example. Remember, in contrast to Birdman, remember when Styles P went into the studio and dude was talking about him? Y'all remember that? Anybody remember that? Damn, nobody remember My man right here, you remember. Listen, Styles P he's a rapper New York rapper from the locks the the, the rap group um, and and he's he's a real gangster like he's a real thug so he went, and he went to the studio and somebody said something about Styles P and he happened to be at the studio and so he opened the door to the studio room where they were and he said keep my name out your mouth and so everybody in the studio was like, hold, hold on. Styles! So. like, calm down, bro. Like, just relax. And so the dude tried to say something back. And he said, nah, I'm out here dolo. That means that he's here by himself. I'm going to translate for you all today. <laughs> he says, listen. He said, I came here dolo. I'm a street dude and I keep it official. Keep my name out your way. Keep my name out your mouth in funny ways. Like, that's what he was saying to him. He told him, he said, I'm not for play play. Like, I don't, don't play with me. Like, keep my name out your mouth in funny ways. I keep it official. We can turn it off these cameras right now and we can get it. Listen, <laughs> everybody in the studio was shook. Everybody was like, Styles, please. Like, stop. No, come on, Styles. Come on, man. Like, you know that guy you couldn't beat up and he started getting upset? Like, you'd be like, come on, man. Like, I was just playing, man. Like, I'm sorry. Like, please, man. Like, that's what's happening right here. So, Styles, the whole studio was shook because he had the second meaning of this word attached to him. See, Styles P was a terrifying dude. Why? Because people respect S.P. or Styles P. His nickname is the ghost because he turned you into a ghost. <laughs> they respected him because of what he's done in his past. His street cred was real and authentic. And all I'm saying to you is this, is that God has the most incredible street cred of all time. It's awesome and terrifying how the Lord has made a way in your life time after time after time. It's, it's an awesome thing to watch God work and move in your life. And as you get the visual of what God is doing, it ought to cause you to have fear of the Lord. And that should be your delight. See, the thing that the thing that unbelievers don't understand is this, is that, yes, I I believe in Jesus. Christians, we believe in Jesus because it's intellectually sound to do so. There are more and more archaeological evidences popping up everywhere. They just found like a a ring of, of Pontius Pilate or something like that. Like, there's more and more evidence to support belief in the Bible and Jesus than there is to not. So, yes, we believe because, of an, because it's intellectually sound to do so. But we also believe because we've had an experience with Jesus. See, nobody can take away the experience that you've had with Jesus. Listen, you you might be talking some junk about Jesus, but all I know is that when I was sick, he healed me. You might be talking some junk about Jesus, but all I know is that when I was down to my last dime, Jesus somehow provided a way for my family to eat and for my kids to have clothes on their back. You might be talking some junk about Jesus, but all I know is that when I was down in depression and hurting and weak, Jesus sent his joy by through the the people of God to encourage my heart and to enrich me I've experienced Jesus therefore you can't turn me away from him see I believe because I've experienced him he's proven himself to be real in my life time after time see I I don't have this just intellectual I I do have an intellectual faith, but I've got an experiential one too where I've experienced God do great things in my life I was born and raised in Camden New Jersey in one of the most violent cities in America I've watched people get shot down beat down all those kinds of things from the time I was three years old as early as I could remember seeing violence after violence seeing crime after crime I remember witnessing that stuff I watched one of my friends in high school get the back of his head blown off by a shotgun I've witnessed some things that God has done and, 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 and some things that have happened but I know what God has done in my life, and I know what I experienced with Jesus. Therefore, I place my trust in him. You've got to know, you've got to know that if you're going to rest in him, you've got to know that he will judge rightly. And I want you had time to go through the rest of this. It says here that his delight will be in the fear of the Lord says he will not judge by what he sees with his eyes and he will not execute justice by what he hears with his ears but he will judge the poor righteously and execute justice for the oppressed of the land he will strike the land with a scepter from his mouth and he will kill the wicked with a command from his lips see in this Christmas season we can't be so worried about The the rider on the slay. We've got to be occupied with the ruler who will come back and slay. See, Jesus is coming back one day and he's going to slay. See, when Jesus comes back, He's gonna slay all of His enemies. He's gonna slay those that have doubted Him. He's gonna strike the land with a scepter. He is going to kill the wicked with what? With the same way that He created the world through a command from His mouth. See, if you, if you're doubting today and you're wondering today, if you're struggling today, I wanna to point you to the Word of God. See, the Word of God is the source of life that you need. From the Word of God, He created all the stars that, are, that, that are aligned in the sky. Through the word of God, he created all of the fish that swim inside of the ocean. Through the word of God, he created you and me. Through the word of God, every bird that flies around in the air, it gives praise to God because of the word of God. So if you're struggling, I want to point you to the word. If you're doubting, I want to point you to the word. If you're having trouble in your life, I want to point you to the word. If you're having difficulty, I want to point you to the word, into the word. If you're having frustration, I want to point you to the word of God, because from a command from his lips, everything will change. Righteousness will be his belt. Faithfulness will be his belt. Look at this. Says that the wolf. Will lie down, will dwell with the lamb. And the leopard will lie down with the goat. I'm closing. Biblical prophecy provides us some of the greatest encouragement and hope available to us today. See, just as the Old Testament is saturated with prophecies concerning Christ's first advent or his first coming, so both testaments are filled with references of the second coming of Christ. One scholar has estimated that there are 1,845 references to Christ's second coming in the Old Testament. 1,800 references to Christ's second coming in the Old Testament. That'll blow your mind. Where 17 books of the Old Testament give his second coming prominence in 260 chapters in the new testament there are 318 references to the second advent of Christ that's an amazing one out of every 30 verses talk about his second coming 23 of the 27 new testament books refer to this great event. For every prophecy in the Bible concerning Christ's first advent, his first coming, for every prophecy about his, him being born and his first coming, there are eight which point to his second coming. Why is that so important? Why am I telling you all that? Because when he comes, We must be led by him. Because when he comes, the passage tells us that the wolf will dwell with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf, the young lion and the fatted calf will be together and a child will lead them. Who is that child? That child is Jesus. Jesus will be the one that will lead them. He will be the one that will bring peace into the world for all eternity. It says here that the cow and the bear will graze together. The young ones will lie down together. The lion will eat straw like cattle. That lion, he's going to be chewing on some grass just like the cattle. He's not going to be eating other animals when Jesus returns. He's going to bring peace with him when he comes. He says that an infant will play beside the cobra's pit. Y'all won't get near a little garden snake, but when he comes, an infant will play at a cobra's pit, and a a a toddler will put his hand into a snake's den. Your little baby is going to have their hand inside of the den of a snake. When Jesus comes back, it says that they will not harm or destroy each other, for the land will be as full of the knowledge of the Lord as the sea is filled with water when jesus comes back everything will change when jesus returns there's going to be peace forevermore when jesus returns there's going to be joy forevermore when jesus returns there's going to be hope forevermore when jesus returns there will be no more sorrow there will be no more sadness there'll be no more suffering there'll be no more death when jesus returns everything will be restored father thank you Thank you for this word, God. I pray, God, that these are people, God, would would hear these words, God, and have hope. Have hope of your second coming, God. Have hope that you will return, Father. That they will have hope in you, knowing that in your presence, there is fullness of joy. And that you offer us a life that's more abundant than anything. God, I pray, Lord, that as we continue in this season of Advent, that we celebrate your your birth, that we celebrate the fact that you came, but knowing that you came for a reason and that was to die for us. You came to die so that we might live. God, help us to be reminded of that. Maybe you're in here today and you don't know that. Maybe you haven't been gripped by the reality that God is the one who saves. Maybe you have not been gripped by the reality that Jesus is the one that will restore all things and that he will walk in this newness of life that you're talking about. I'm tired of my old way of living. I'm tired of the way that I used to live my life. I want to walk in a new way. If you're in here today, we want to pray with you. Brother David, standing up front. He'll pray with you. Invite you to turn to Jesus today. He offers you a better life. And that's not a promise that everything's going to be all right. and Everything's going to be sunshine and rainbows. No, that's not true. But he will give you the strength to endure. He will give you the strength to go on and carry forward